Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Catchy smile, you got that catchy smile. Stop a while, come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby, we'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away. Together, baby, but don't tell your nonna. I have to put some coffee on the stove, so I might need to run over there <laughs> and save it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, at yeah, some yeah. Point. yeah okay. That, oh, okay. Yeah, no yeah, worries. No, no rush. Uh, it's, it's just like, it's like the mocha, you know, it's like sports oh. up. Yeah. I love <laughs> those ones. I don't know what it's called, like a mocha? Something like that. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. know what it's yeah. called. It like seams up through the top. It's good shit. Yeah, like the Italian one. Yeah. Are you a big coffee drinker? Yeah, I think so. I wasn't done, but then when I started working in a cafe as a, I don't know, start 20s. Oh, yeah. It just escalated quite fast. Yeah. Because there's so much time you don't know what to do. Yeah, it really feels time quite well, actually. I had about five cups this morning, but I drink um, the, like, when I'm at home, I drink the instant instant coffee. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. I got, this is Nespresso. We got instant Nespresso and the boiling thing, the the Italian thing you got. I think you win. I come second and you come last, Jamie. Yeah. Well, right now I'm drinking a green tea, actually. Like I have a green green tea and lemon. That's that's good. Yeah. But you have an espresso machine at your house. Yeah, I do. Um, Like the one where you're like the cafe one. No, 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 no. I've got Nespresso. Like um, your little pods. That's yeah. I, actually I don't really like them. They don't feel like they they do, they don't do anything. Yeah, they feel weak. Not to be, but it's also a lot of plastic that you throw uh, out every time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We got that. You can get um biodegradable ones, but they're not that good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So you're in you're in Luxembourg at the moment. Yeah, I'm visiting. Uh, friend <laughs> nice how's it been over the weekend They're super nice but it's uh, I'm, I'm from this uh, like a country on the seaside and it's 28 degrees oh my god and i'm used to like and there's no water here so you have to drive with to like a lake for one hour oh <laughs> yeah and lake water is kind of like soggy and the, the like uh, what the gr- like what do you call it? the ground underneath the water yeah, yeah it's it, it's like like a sump it's like, like like coffee, uh, like the last coffee. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. There's dirt floating around everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. there's no salt either, so it feels it feels dirty in a way. Yeah. So you've been you've been swimming a little bit in in the lake and stuff like that. Yeah, but it was quite nice. I don't want to sound too negative. No. I, no, I have no. a tendency to do that. You do? To uh, to sound neg- yeah, I'm, I think I'm a bit of a hater. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, in a, in a positive way. Yeah, <laughs> like soft hating. Yeah, well, yeah. skeptical. Skeptical it's, is be- probably better word. Yeah, I'm, I ain't got a problem with that. I think it's a, it's definitely just a your preference for an outlook on life, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's sort of Jerry Seinfeld's take on life. That's where he reckons all like good comedy comes from as well. <laughs> hating on everything. <laughs> True, but also it saves uh, like protects yourself from being disappointed because you go in like I'm not gonna be. 
don't have like have low expectations then you can only have a positive outcome yeah or you're right from the start yeah <laughs> that's a win-win exactly it's like that saying expect nothing except everything which is a like a stoic saying isn't it that's beautiful it is it mm. is isn't it yeah yeah i think that's a really lovely way to go through life actually when you you know because it's very easy to get like disappointed there's a lot of disappointment in life yeah but i think also you have to i think like it can uh, stop you in some ways if you're not uh, if you don't willing to do the risk of being disappointed yeah safe way is also the boring way can can be i think it's a scandinavian like motto is kind of like don't expect too much and be happy what you have mm that sort of attitude really emanates from the group of people that you hang around with and the group of people that you know you came to australia with that's very very it's very present that sort of attitude i think in your group of friends would you say that's true mm, maybe well for looking from the outside yeah maybe but in like in Scandinavia, I would say these are like more outgoing people and it doesn't really fit into the Scandinavian stereotype. Gotcha. Like, uh, for example, like when we're playing the, uh, the opera house or like it was going to happen. And I told my parents, my father was uh, proud, of course, but then he'd like, I guess, bragging at work. And some of his colleague was like, but you know, they have different rooms in the opera house. It's probably the smallest. <laughs> oh, it's the smallest room, right? <laughs> yes, Dad, it's the smallest room. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of like it's good, but like it's not the best. Yeah. So how 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 was your time in Australia, Hannes? Did you? I mean, it looked like the shows were great. You got to play the Opera House. Played two shows in Melbourne. One of which uh, Todd and I were both at the Friday night at Miscellanea. Um, how how did you fare in Australia? How did you how did you enjoy it? Well. I love. Oh, fuck the coffee step. One second. Grab the coffee. Oh, I can hear it. <laughs> I love those coffee machines. I was thinking about them the other day too. I had to save it. Uh, oh, you got it? Yeah, I just took it off the stove so it can cool down. Good. Um, well, I loved Australia. I didn't know what to expect really. I'd never been there, and I was imagining like this huge uh, like desert. <laughs> I thought the whole country was just like Alice Springs or something. Yeah. And. Uh, Kind of like uh, this very like uh, new American cities where everything is very linear, designed with like square cities. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I had low expectations, and so I got the best out of it. I guess that's a recurring theme of this pod so far. Everyone is so freaking nice. I think, and the shows were great. Australian humor is very like similar to European mm. or like Scandinavian humor. Yeah. And also British. You're taking a piece of yourself, but also down to earth in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice. Um, and the, the opera house, I mean, it's like pretty iconic spot, right? Like was it, was that show cool? That was cool. But I wish maybe that that was the last show so we could have the Melbourne shows like as a warm up. Oh yeah, because it was a big oh, one. Hey, that was that seemed like a big um show that opera house. I would, one. For me, it was big because it's the opera house and it puts a, some sort of pressure on yourself. I'm usually not nervous, but during the show, I was like, "Fuck, uh, I'm playing the opera house." That's weird. <laughs> oh right. Also, so you're aware of where you are while you're playing, which is not that normal, is it? No, because it's usually just some basement or like a smaller venue. Mm. Or like if you play a big festival, it's kind of like you, you don't have any relation to it. But Opera House, you've known it since you were a kid. Yeah. Also, I have family in Australia who came to that show. 
so that you also became aware of like uh, seeing your families like on the other side of the globe that's weird yeah i prefer not i don't know if you feel the same but like i rather see faces i don't recognize yes definitely yeah, yeah. Definitely. not to talk bad about my family being there i thank you so much for coming but <laughs> it's just uh, an extra pressure yeah to deal with yeah exactly and did you speak to them after the show uh yeah, yeah of course and uh, we hanged out a couple of some of them live in melbourne and uh so they came to that show as well yes yeah right true your cousin yeah that's sam that's right. i think you met him yes yeah on playing pool yeah he's a lovely guy yeah he's super sweet yeah it's nice that because uh, i haven't seen him for six years and uh, now he grew up to this uh intelligent beautiful man oh that's so sweet yeah <laughs> 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 With great taste in music, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he was loving it. Um, the, the show on um, Friday night was so great, man. Like, we thoroughly enjoyed it. So good. Mm. Thank you. It was great fun, I think. You opened with something from a really early record, right? Probably. I can't remember what the set list was, actually. Did you change it for every show here? Yeah. So, like... Uh, I'm guessing it could have been like uh, behind curtains, maybe from the Growing Seas album. Yeah, yeah, that was the opening in Melbourne. I'm sure of it. I guess, I guess you're right. I might have the set list there somewhere. So, if you're changing it, you're changing the set list for every show. How, how do you guys go about choosing what's what? Well, for that, uh, for the miscellaneous show, the PA system was uh, quite rough and okay. kind of like a distort, going through a distortion pedal, everything. Yeah. So, so we decided like let's play all the songs because. They kind of fit being roughed up a bit, and some of the newer songs are kind of like not ballads, but they're kind of slow mm. and wouldn't really fit into this uh, environment where it's more like. <sighs> yeah, I see. It's good to be to be able to be that versatile. Yeah, and I think it's also it's also the luck of being making music for like ugh, ten years that there's a like a kind of broad uh, uh, like palette to choose from of the different uh, vibes, I guess. Yeah. I- I like that. I, I haven't really thought about that much about choosing the set list to the room. It's really cool. Like I know some bands will choose the set list based on like what the crowd is like, like the energy of the audience. So maybe I remember um, Ross from Ceremony saying they'll play like they can sh- choose like songs from their like more like heavy hardcore albums versus their like songs from their post-punk albums depending on what like the, they think the audience will like as well that's yeah. like another way to do it but yeah playing playing to suit the room and the pa is really cool but it also kind of fits to the audience yes. as well because so it's like compromising not compromising but like read the room audience and the, the sound uh, mm. like as a performer harness you really look like you're like thoroughly enjoying yourself thoroughly yeah what does it what does it mean oh thoroughly like very much very much so that you're thoroughly enjoying I, yourself well uh, yes and no. It's like an ongoing like battle with yourself, like having to convince yourself that this is uh, that you're like like uh, like you're good, that you're good enough to do this. And uh, like when you're performing, or at least when I perform, sometimes you can see someone probably just going to the bathroom. Yeah. But I have a, like a huge crisis. Like, oh my god, this person is leaving. <laughs> yeah. Why are they talking in the corner over there? <laughs> Why yeah. is that person like? Oh fuck! I suck so much, and you get too self-aware of like where I am. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're um you're quite perceptive while you're playing. I I find I will like glaze over and like the details kind of blend into one. But you're saying that you you kind of are quite aware of what's going on in the crowd when you when you're performing. Well, sometimes and sometimes you're like 
I close my eyes. I tend to close my eyes a lot and like go into myself. Mm, yeah. But that's, and then it's really hard to open your eyes again and like look out to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Because you have been like the super introvert. Uh, yeah. And having your own moment. So I think, uh, and I'm not a, like a singer from the start. Mm-hmm. Like when I started making music, I was just a drummer, actually. Just a drummer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so it's been doing like battle to like become like uh, something I'm actually not, but like to have this kind of fight with myself. Yeah. Uh, so it's always, so it's always very introvert. And I think that's like the, the persona I take on stage. Mm. <laughs> like, so I deal with this, like kind of trying to be outgoing, but still having the, like the introvert, the Hannes, the, the shy, uh, the guy who doesn't really want to be there, but like have to like fight yourself to be confident enough to embrace like pe- people looking at you. And, mm. and, and do you find that that's like, you know, when you talk about like who you are on stage or whatever, do you, do you, do you find that that's, that's been something that has been um, quite a subconscious sort of process of finding, or did you feel like at some point that you needed to do that intentionally to, to find the right sort of headspace to be in for you to perform? Um, I think it's just come, it have come gradually through the years. And I think this is what I fit best to. And it's the most honest uh, way of ex- like expressing and exposing myself. Mm. It's not something I've been thinking like, overthinking about like how should I do this it's just like it comes step by step yeah through the through the shows yeah yeah totally and then like when you're on tour like I'm sure you recognize this like the first show is kind of like you have to like you have to settle in and then you like become the thing for that those couple of weeks yeah and then you have to go back and be like the normal guy who do the dishes yeah Yeah. yeah, how have you adjusted to that part? This I mean, I, I guess you know it was it was only a couple of weeks away from home. It wasn't some of the bigger tours that you've done over the years or whatever. But did you did you find it even difficult this week to just kind of get back to normality? Uh, no, no, because we only had like three shows and the first show, and then it was like four days, five days break. Yeah. So I went more like into the tourist mode. Yeah. Doing hikes and uh, experience cute uh, Australian environments. Yeah. How, how did you go getting out into the bush and nature and stuff in Australia? What did you think? It was great. But then uh, we were in, I don't know what it's called, like in the outside Melbourne, there's this subterranean jungle, maybe rainforest. Is is that correct? Yeah. I remember you Yeah, mentioning this actually. Yeah. Um, and we were walking on this like path. It's super, the trees are super tall. It reminds me of the redwoods in the US. Yeah. But in the, on the path, there was like these small holes. And I thought it was someone walking with a stick or something. And I, my friend, he said, no, that's the, like this Baba Ba spider's nest. And then they were <laughs> all over the place. And I, then, then I freaked out because I remembered like, oh, fuck, you have all these dangerous animals. And this, uh, yeah, they're out there. Yeah, they're out there. And that like, this uh, realization of like, this actually dangerous, it's probably not, but like for a Swedish guy, it feels dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> There's a potential animal that could bite you and you're fucked. Yeah. That's why you keep moving. Yeah. And back to the city after I realized that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've released two songs this year, Accidental Win and Georgia. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like the other one was end of last year. But... Oh, end of last year. Okay. How much um, music have you got recorded at the moment? Are you sitting on an album? Mm, 
No, maybe, maybe, maybe almost an album, but uh, it's more like some of sketches and some are almost finished songs. And uh, but I don't know if they all gonna end up on the album. Maybe it's an EP. Oh yeah, but oh. I but I hope it's in a, an album. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of nice just to keep it open like that and just see how you know what it ends up materializing into i guess how long would you say this um body of songs has been in production for well some of them have been maybe for four years since the, the last album okay and then everything kind of just was put on they put on pause during the corona uh corona yes i lost all motivation uh did you yeah because it was more like you were just sitting at home watching netflix and uh try to make uh, some sort of like uh, meaning of your days when you can't do anything. Mm. And the only thing I could think about like songs were like writing about being in lockdown. It's like, yeah. it's kind of useless. Like it's going to come out after lockdown. No one want to be remembering <laughs> that shit. Yeah. It's very timestamped that that stuff is. Yeah. Um, and would you, are you normally like in terms of your creativity and songwriting and production, like, like, collaborative a little bit also my uh, my partner in Las Vegas he got a he became a father and he also has other projects and usually we before like 2019 we always went to like a place and worked intensively for like a couple of months but now you only have like these small gaps and it's a big like three hours a week and then it goes a week before you can meet again uh, so I have to learn to work more with myself and also uh, to take out in other people from the outside mm-hmm. that I haven't been working with before. So you're seeing a bit of a like um, change in, uh, I guess you're being forced to write in a different, in a different sort of style or method at the moment then. Yeah, it's completely different. Also, it feels like I'm restarting, like I've got a re, like I got a reboot for the lockdown. So I have to like learn again, how, to, how do I make a song? Like uh, what's the process of a, uh, working alone and uh, yeah, be more outgoing, take other people in. Yeah. It's like a new process. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Can, can you, can you like um, tell us a little bit about like what the process between you and Malta is like and how you guys work together? Uh, usually it's, uh, last album was, uh, I had done some loops on, uh, on Ableton and then brought them to Malta uh, and then we like dissected them, uh, dissected them together and uh, like build them up. And he, I can't really play an instrument like he can. So it, it's more like me say, trying to explain what kind of thing I was imagining, and he's, and he had to, do, <laughs> he had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the songs he had written in like alone, and then I come and added uh, my layers to it. Okay. No. So it's kind of like some of the songs are his and some are mine, and then we like add the spice together. And for that last record, were you? Uh, working together at Malta's studio? Uh, yeah. And his uh, parents' summer house that we landed, uh, rented for a while. Okay. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you were saying you go for intent. So you go for it. You were going for like intensive periods of time, right? Like a couple of months yeah. at a time. So we go to like a house and then we make like sketches together, or, like dem- demos. And then we take another couple of weeks where I then try to uh, make those demos grow from this uh, thin line to like to an actual song, mm. like if, with a g- real foundation and like some emotions. Mm. Like our demos tend to just be like this uh, thin, I, I don't have to, just, like a thin uh, 
well, <laughs> uh, like thin, uh, like sketch with the, like there's no base or like uh, foundation. It's just like it's very rough. Yeah, and lo-fi. Yeah, like an outline kind of thing. It's not filled. Yeah, exactly. In. Yeah, and then it's and and so it's it's Melter who's on the on the tools doing the all the production and stuff generally. Hey? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. His production's incredible, huh? Yeah, he's super good. He's also doing like uh, he, I think he's helping everyone in. The, not everyone, but most people I know in Copenhagen. Yeah, okay. Like um, all the people on Kosher Isolation, he's like mastering or oh, sick. producing. Nice. Yeah, he worked a little bit with First Hate on their last record as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much, but I think uh, probably quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, his production's fantastic. It really shone through um, in the live setting, actually. I mean, it was like the drops are really big they kind of slap quite hard yeah and it's thanks to him that like uh, last few kind of took that development of going up uh, several bars Mm. in songwriting and uh, just production oh that's so cool (laughs) he should have been here and he he could uh, tell about it uh, yeah I'll just say one more thing about him very good guitarist too Uh, the guitar parts are so um, tasteful I think they're like I think so too. Very um they're not overdone, they're just enough, but they're I mean they're more than enough at the same time. They're just they're really good. <laughs> I think they have a little Jolly Mar kind of a way uh, like mm. I think that's a really astute point, Hannes. I think there's so much like um I've seen your music described as like romantic a few times and I, and uh, you know, I really um agree with that because it has it, it does have like a real um kind of romantic feel to it. There's like a real sense of longing in, in all the songs, which sounds so like corny to say, but it's true. Well, I, I think, uh, <laughs> but I, I always had this picture of like some sort of like a teenage coming of age movie, mm. like, uh, which is kind of cheesy, I guess, but like kind of Greg Araki movies, uh, if mm. you know them. No. And like uh, Doomsday Generation and uh, Nowhere. Okay. They're, they're kind of like taking piss of the coming of age movies, but they're like overly romantic and like desperate. Uh, yeah. And like, I think that the emotion is uh, super still exciting and uh, mm. something that maybe it's gone, or, but you can still catch it somehow. I want to stay in that feeling. Yes. It, it really, really like that is the feeling that you capture in the music. It truly is. And that's what is translated to me. I mean, that's why I've, feel like I love the band so much. I'm an open Lust for Youth lover. I admitted that to you when we <laughs> chatted after the show. I love the band and I think that's what really tethers me to it every time um, is that like desperate longing um, mm. sort of that is present in all the tracks. And there is an introversion to it as well, it's, um, which, you know, I guess is a lot of people enjoy and uh, relate to. I hope everyone can relate to this uh, sad in the club uh feeling yeah you put it in a way better way than i uh, than i could but uh, i like how you describe it oh nice thank you there was uh, on the last show in melbourne this was i think this captured the, the vibe perfectly when we played the last song there was this couple like right in front of me that just looked at each other and that, like just throw each other like in the, the arms and just like made out for the whole song <laughs> while everyone was dancing dancing around them and I was like this, this is this is how it should be yeah they like they understood yeah they got yeah. the they got the assignment uh, yeah and it was really hard not to smile but I also wanted to leave them alone but uh, 
but they're right there in the front, so it's hard not to see them. Yeah, yeah. Miscellanea, I thought was like a really great atmosphere too for that. Like, it was a really good mood in the crowd, which but it's set in that kind of like quite a club sort of setting. It was really cool. Yeah, but I think it's also started like in like directly with uh, endless started to play. Yeah, it did. Uh, like everyone was just started. Like the party just started. Like from uh, zero to hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I never seen that before really. Usually it's like gradually going up. Right. Yeah. Um, shout outs to Endless and um, Crazy Michael Hassett. Crazy Mike, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, they've, but they've, but they've been on this pod before. Yeah, um, they are so sweet. How did you get hooked up with, um, with Mitch and with Hassett? Um, it was uh, also like pre-corona. I was uh, removing my tonsils because <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I had this problem, um, and that I was I was at my parents' house being doing the recovery, and I listened a lot to the Low Life uh, Downer Eden album. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, when our last album came out, you have to do this. Uh, you have to do all all these like press things, like what's your favorite song about by other artists or something. And I put out. I said that this album is the best of 2019 in my opinion. Yeah. And somehow, uh, I guess, Mitch caught up because he was Googling about himself. <laughs> 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 um, I'm sorry, that was evil. But who doesn't? We all do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we got in contact and started to write. And uh, and, and as lockdown happened, uh, we started to write more. And I think this was one of the positive outcomes of uh, lockdown. Like the world seemed so much smaller. Mm. I couldn't see my friend on the other side of the street. But I could talk a lot to friends in Italy way more than I was used to mm-hmm. and in Australia. Mm. Yeah. So then we were talking daily. So, yeah, so you mentioned him in a piece of media and then he read about it. That would have been so cool because you guys were like his favorite band. Yeah, and he's my favorite band. Low Life for a fucking incredible band, hey. But I think all, like Australia has so many good bands actually mm-hmm. that doesn't get the recognition they deserve. Yeah, you're right. There's there is a lot of great bands in Australia. You have this lazy like uh, coolness, uh, like slacker, but not like the payment way. It's more like uh, not nihilistic, but uh, a bit darker uh, slacker mm. vibe. Yeah, Low Life just have a very special energy. They're an they're an important band, I reckon, in Australia for sure. Absolutely. Also outside, I would say. Yeah. I didn't. I, didn't, I never heard anyone in Denmark talk about them, but when they played uh, in Copenhagen last summer. Mm-hmm. It was packed and it was, I think it's Sunday evening and people were like moshing in this uh, old car mechanic place where we have a venue. Oh, wow. wow. That's so cool. I actually remember seeing um, Low Life for the first time. I hadn't actually heard of them, but it was 2014, I think. And that was supporting Ice Age when Ice Age came to Australia for the first time. And that was the, oh, okay. that, that was the first time I saw them and um, was like... Uh, they played that song RBB, and I remember being absolutely blown away by it back then. Like it's I was cool. like, "Fuck, this is a fucking scary sounding yeah. song." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. The beat is so strange as well. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so it is. weird. It's like it's like deep beat, but it's fast, but it's slow at the same time. It's, uh, oh, I yeah. can't figure it out. Yeah, um, it's got the crazy that, kick pattern. Yeah, when you hear yeah. that start, you know exactly what is about to happen as mm. well and like that crowd and like the energy in the room. Yeah. The cure about hooligans, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it felt so hooligan that first time I saw them. And um, 
I think Mitch had like bleach blonde hair and also had a white t-shirt and white like um, track pants on. So he was, looked like a <laughs> he looked like um, Mr. Burns when he comes out of the forest, you know? <laughs> just like glowing. <laughs> it was it was scary. I could probably do a low life show once a week. Like yeah, it would make my mood way better. Yeah, nice. And so if you're a big uh, low life fan, do you listen to a lot of sort of punk and kind of guitar music not really i did as a like when i was younger uh, like late teenage years Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's always always been there but it's nothing i really listen to anymore yeah i think it's only them actually yeah nice what do you like to listen to harness at the moment um well i always liked uh, the go-betweens a great deal the go-betweens yeah which is like on the opposite of uh, violence wow they also have this like very like pouring out of emotions and uh I think it fits into the like the way I wanted to make music as well. Being man, I'm gonna have to check out the Go Betweens because I like <laughs> don't fucking know anything about. Yeah, honestly, like I know I know the name. Obviously, it's like yeah. I've heard of my whole life, but I don't know shit about them. I probably know some of the songs if I look them up. They're very, like they're great. You you probably heard Streets of uh, Our Town. Oh, I, the Streets ho- of-, uh, uh, of Your Town, I think it's called. And yeah, then, uh, Bachelor Kisses. Okay, yeah. I got him. Tallulah record is really good. and uh, Tallulah? Yeah, I like that. That was my first record. Nice. I don't think it's like uh, classified as their classic, but the, for me, that's like the album because that's the one I listen to mostly. Okay, great. I'm, I'm going to have a listen to that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Sympathetic, uh, the Smiths in a way. Okay, there you go. I'm not a, a big Smiths head. I don't like listen to them all the time or anything, but I do really feel that same thing that we keep talking about that and like that desperate outpouring of emotion the the smiths yeah. do that so well and that heaven knows i'm miserable now song is like one of my one of my favorite songs i reckon i love it's that amazing song. it's just a bit problematic like listening to morrissey i think oh yeah it's a bit, bit of a <laughs> prick <laughs> yeah it's a shame yeah oh, it's a shame but uh yeah. What can you do? I saw a video of him falling over on stage the other day. I, saw, I saw that too. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. When he steps back. But, like, but I was also like, he took it kind of quite nice, surprisingly well, I think. He's like 60 something. Yeah. And yeah. he smiles after that fall, which I, I, it touched me a bit. Yeah. I actually like, yeah, had more respect for him after that. Definitely. Same. Do you know who I felt really sorry for falling over recently was um, Joe Biden. Like <laughs> I, I don't give, like I don't give a fuck about Joe Biden. I'm not. I don't yeah. care. But I saw him fall you over quite bad in front yeah. of a crowd. Oh my god! And he looked so shocked. And like mm. he also was just on his hands and knees for about ten seconds before he could even like fathom standing up again. Did you send me that? Probably. I can't, yeah. I can't believe you didn't. If uh, you didn't. <laughs> It's also scary because he could die. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if he could. Like, if he could die, maybe he would be dead already. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, he but, like, but seeing an old man fall, I don't know how, how, how aggressive it, or dangerous it looks when he falls, but like, there's something, it's kind of like dropping a baby, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's the same, like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. <falling>. yeah. <laughs> I, never dropped, I never dropped a baby. I'm just uh, imagining how it would feel. Um, yeah. I nearly sat on a baby once. That was oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. My cousin, oh my I didn't see him on the couch. It was wrapped up in a blanket and I went to sit down and just as I got to sit down, I realised. Man. That would have been bad, hey? That would have been really <laughs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, I know. I think about that regularly. My life would be different right now. It would be like, so be different. Yeah, I'd no. be so depressed and sad and like. It's like where Chris Montesanti when he sits on the dog. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that that sucks, man. I hate that bit so That's much. Fucked. Yeah. It took a dark turn all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sitting on babies. I know. I don't endorse it. I don't endorse sitting on babies no. or dogs for that matter. No, definitely not. Or laughing at old men falling. At- <laughs> <laughs> unless it's unless it's Morrissey. Yeah, that's okay. He's not that old either. No, he took it like a champ. Celebrities, (laughs) celebrities falling over in general is like is actually really good. My favorite, I think, is uh, Jacques Brel. Do you know this singer? Who? Uh, Jacques Brel is like a Belgian uh, chansonneur from the sixties. No, like Scott Walker was a very. uh, uh, Oh, I love Scott Walker. Was very inspired by him. Oh, okay. Amsterdam song is Jacques Brel's song that Scott Walker translated. Oh, and he. I think he made the whole record of Shaq Brel covers actually. Oh. But there is this early Shaq Brel uh, when he's uh, playing Condon, uh, uh, I can't remember his French title, but it's like when we only have love, I think the title is in English. Okay. And he plays the, like, the guitar super passionate and then he walks off waving, but he slips and lands on the guitar and like, breaks it, but then he like, <laughs> jumps up with a big smile and like tries to save the day. And uh, it's very cute, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's really like a test from god like how you react yeah. to a fall especially in public <laughs> or on stage so i i have you fallen on stage no uh, i have fallen on stage yeah I, I i in fact two weeks ago i got like um i crowd surfed very very briefly and got dumped quite quite oh yeah quite heavily on my shoulder back onto the stage yeah that was because <laughs> i don't do it very often you know what i mean and yeah, and this is why. And this is mm. why I got I got pole drived. <laughs> but that, but that's that's on, during like when you put yourself in like the risk. It's cool. Yeah. Like the other, like a month ago, I was playing in Berlin, and it was kind of dark on stage as I was walking up, so I couldn't see one monitor on stage. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like well, like <laughs> felt like it. Uh, wood that was cut and down yeah. like it, it looked so and that was like start of the show and like walking up like hey guys and then yeah. oh my, my head to this <laughs> oh no it was embarrassing. very oh. embarrassing oh wait did you did you hit your head on something or did you just fall trip on something i was like i, I fell on the monitor and like <laughs> oh. like this and with the microphone in my head so you hear like a boom yeah <laughs> yeah but I, there's a lot of smoke, so I guess nobody heard, heard, uh, could see it, but they could definitely hear it. Yeah. I, now that I think <laughs> about so it, I funny. think I've hit my head on like a low, like so, you know how some weird venues will have the monitor, like the foldback monitors, but like at the top mm. of the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've hit my head on that. I hate that. It's stupid. <laughs> there is this venue in Glasgow we played a couple of times with a small basement venue. Oh, okay. And yeah, if you're a bit tall like I am, you have to stand like this. Yeah, mm. right. Um, and they have like a like a thing that is dividing the stage that puts this that holds the ceiling up. Okay. So it's like it's like here. So if you have to go on that, Hang on. Side, you have to like. Hang on. You know we can't see you, right? Oh fuck! I thought you could see me. <laughs> no, we haven't been able to see you the whole time. <laughs> All right, that's oh, crazy. Oh, that is crazy, bro. Yeah. Get your camera on right now. Oh, oh, oh dude. God. <laughs> I thought you did that on purpose. Hello. No, I've been I've been doing like all kind of movements and uh, Oh man. Okay. Oh fuck dude. So so the stage is <laughs> they have like like very like very like carrying the roof like here and it goes like this. 
So if I have to go on the, the other side, I have to like go like this. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you forgot it and then you're like, then you smash your head into this like metal yeah, yeah. framing. Yeah. It's not cool. Um, what what did, what venue did you say that's called? It's called Broadcast. Broadcast, okay. In Glasgow. It's very, it's good. Yeah, and you get like this kind of half-ass burger. Half-ass burger? No, like not the, oh, I'm, uh, never mind. Okay. They serve burgers there. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were calling <laughs> me a half-ass burger. Yeah. And I was <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's a good insult. Yeah. I can't believe you thought your um, camera was on and it wasn't this whole time. Because oh, I was like, I okay, that's it. cool. He doesn't want to, it's early really in the morning. Yeah, me, me yeah. too. I didn't think to ask. I was like, that's all, that's all good. He just would prefer to be invisible on this pod. That's fine. No, no, I thought, I thought oh, that's great. It's, you can see me, but I can't see myself. And that's very relaxing. I thought. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice. I will say this is nice. And I don't, we, I actually haven't been introduced to you. Um, my, my name's Todd. <laughs> <laughs> nice Hi, Todd. Yeah. Hey. Likewise. <laughs> How's your day going? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad for a Monday. Right, it's Monday. Mm. I woke up this morning and watched the the um, Canadian Grand Prix, like a replay, because it was playing at 4 a.m. Is that the picture you sent to me with the interviewer? Yeah, I, s- I sent a picture to you. Do you know who w- was with the interviewer though? No. Oh, it was Gordon Ramsay. I, uh, that was why I sent <laughs> it. It was supposed to be, yeah, it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> well, he, he's, he looks very weird, no? Who, Gordon Ramsay? Well, I know how he looks, but it doesn't look like him. Yeah. Well, okay, it does. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, that's him. But he looks kind of... He's been too much in the sun. Yeah, he looks like an old catcher's mitt. Oh, he's not getting any better with age, that's for sure. <laughs> too much sauce. Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of sun um, and just trying to fix it with plastic surgery, but it's not going well and yeah. it's no good. What, what's he doing at the, the Grand Prix in Canada? Well, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Just parading around the track like so many celebrities love to do. And I'm not saying I'd be any better if I ever got invited on the track before the race. I'd be walking all over oh, it too. Oh, you'd be parading around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd be parading around. <laughs> But, but why? I think the question is, why the fuck is Gordon Ramsay in Canada? What doesn't yeah. make any sense? Well, maybe he's shooting a new show. I, I oh, yeah. to, they got a bit of a, um, a new Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. But I thought maybe he invested in like a team or something. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Maybe I think he's probably just a fan of the sport and wanting to peacock around the peacock around the grid. Um, we talked the other night about Tour de France. And how much you love that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit crazy about it. <laughs> I have uh, to confess. <laughs> okay. Do you like it? Do you like it, Todd? I uh, don't know a lot. I mean, I know I've known of it for my whole life, but I've never really watched it or looked into it too much. But I will say, I'm quite positively open to liking it. I think there's something interesting about it. Um, I like how they cruise through the countryside, and. Um, I'm here to um, be persuaded. Yeah. So go. Go. <laughs> tell me what. Tell me what's good about it. <laughs> well, it's the whole. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind of hard. To, like, uh, it's not just for the France that I like. It's the whole cycling um, okay. sport. And my favorites are usually uh, are the classics in the spring. Oh. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cycling podcast from now on, I guess. But the, let's go. <laughs> uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm like I'm very interested in history, and uh, cycling is very like a, 
aware, like history, uh, aware sport, where you do a lot of references to earlier stages, like from the 50s or heroes from the 30s. And uh, so it's a lot of mythology. Mm-hmm. And it's a very slow sport. It's like kind of mm-hmm. hard to dis- like to get into because it's not like football where, okay, red team is going to score the blue team in that goal. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these teams and there are like 200 riders and there are different jerseys like the leader's jersey and the sprinter jersey, who's the best in different uh, classements. Mm-hmm. I guess there's something like this in Formula One as well. No, because you're talking about how they play different roles in the team. Hey, like the leader and the this and the that. Is that, is that what you're talking about? No, and like there's different... You can be in a, a cyclist in the race, but your objective might be to get the green jersey, which means that you're winning the sprints or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. you know a little bit. Yeah. So your objective might not be to win the whole thing. It might be just to like get this. Yeah. Other, or, like, some, or some people just want to win a stage and yeah. some riders are better on the classics, oh, which okay. would be like... Harry Roubaix, which is like this cobblestone race in northern France. Oh my god, that sounds dangerous. That sounds like hell. It is. <laughs> it, well, it's called the North of Hell of North, the North. Oh, oh right, there you there go. You go. Fucking yeah. sounds horrible. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you ever get to? Do you go down and watch? Watch if they're coming by you. They ever coming uh, by you? <laughs> yeah, Tour de France started in Copenhagen okay. last summer, so I was there, and of course, I was working there actually, and then. I've been I've been to like a tour of Flanders, which is northern Belgium race, also on cobblestones. And in uh, two months ago, I was in uh, Liège, Bastogne Liège, which yeah. is the oldest the race from like eighteen ninety one, maybe. Wow! And what do you do? Do you just go to like a pub somewhere and have a few beers and watch them go by or something? Well, I uh, we rented a car and then drove up in the countryside, sitting at this small pub and watching it on the telly, and then we drove to the mountain or the slope and waited there for two hours, <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> and then they they come and that's it and then you have to rush back into the car and drive as fast as possible into Liege to see them coming like the mm. like for the sprint cool so you go on a bit that's of a tour nice. it's nice but it's, mm. I think it's nice because uh, in the time we're living in where everything is like fast information you have you have no patience yeah and this is all about the patience and like uh, it's, it's okay to be born a while and uh I understand that. Am I right in saying that the um, I feel like that sport has made its way into your music a lot? And uh, is that is that, well, am I right in saying that? I feel like it's a big inspiration for you. Uh, yeah, it has. I'm from Sweden. Cycling is not big there, mm-hmm. but it's always been big in Denmark. And when I moved to Denmark, I couldn't understand why why are people so obsessed by this uh, sport. So I was trying to look at it, but. Uh, and I didn't understand anything. It took me like three years before I got it. Right. Because I didn't have anyone to tell me the rules. And uh, mm. you have to know li- different riders and they hard hard to spot. They have helmets and glasses. Yeah. They're quite anonymous. Yeah. In the, for the untrained eye. Yes. But then you learn to see. But uh, but I got into it during the, the years of Lance Armstrong getting... Uh, Mm. Like uh, when he was revealed as a, like a Dope, big cheat doping. in the sport, yeah. Mm. yeah. But everyone though, so yeah. yeah. And he w- he would have won anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but there was, um, I think, there was this like moral. It was interesting in this like moral way, like people judging, even though they always been doping. Yeah. And yeah. they're talking openly about it in the sixties, like doing speed and being drinking cognac to like 
the, the sedate the pain they have. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, so I thought it was fascinating because he developed he uh, it's he was kind of like a Tony Soprano in the sport where he kind of like he was protected by the organization of cycling. They knew something was uh, fishy, but he was bringing so much money and uh, spectators to the sport. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't uh, cancel him, mm. but they, th- he threw other people under the bus. And when they tried to speak up, he got them uh, like uh, annihilated, uh, like completely, <laughs> oh. he completely broke them. Fucking hell, uh, motherfucker. So he, yeah, but I, but I he, like him. Yeah. I think yeah. he's super interesting. He's a nice, he's a, a cool character, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sounds pretty ruthless. He was ruthless, but I, I think he was caught up in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, like uh, coming from like... Uh, like uh, he's from Texas somewhere and coming to Europe and like all the French and Italian being very snobbish. And he was, I think he had this kind of like, I'm going to fucking show you. Mm. Uh, so like this revenge thing. Yeah. And which I can recognize myself in a, in a way, not that I destroy people, but this kind of, I'm going to show them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Of, like coming from this like small town in Sweden and uh, everyone's like, don't believe you're anything like, fuck you guys. It's I'm so gonna, true. I think that like, um, I really relate to that as well, Hannes. Like, like um, years when we started our band together, Todd and I, we used to joke and say that every song was a revenge song or inspired by revenge. Yeah, and it's for that reason as well, because you know you grow up like, and people your entire life um, kind of downplay or piss on you for um, being creative in any, any sort of way, whether you're writing songs or want to be an actor or whatever. Every adult, you know, and and you know, for me, I feel very grateful that. My my mum, who was the main sort of parent in my life, was very supportive. But every fuck every adult you speak to, whether it's a teacher or a, a friend's parent or whatever, shit on you from an early age when you start saying you're yeah. gonna do it. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of fuel. And I think most like all musicians kind of it was not the cool kids growing up in like high school. Yeah, kind of like the geeks left for like left on the outside and like you have to do something. So you start playing music and this is your revenge. Yeah, yeah. Of having some sort of success, uh, whatever success may mean to to yourself. But uh, yeah, and what is it? You know, what would you say success means to you? Well, well, success was uh, seeing that. Uh, I could travel the other side of the world. Someone would pay for it, but the real success was seeing that the couple that was making out intensively. Yeah, that they had like some sort of meaning that something I made. Yeah, had like a like a deep uh, like I was I, I'm, I'm I think I can say it. like they, it had a deep uh, like feeling for them that like they had to like oh this is our song like you could sense it yeah that, that's the revenge yeah like <laughs> yeah. someone someone cares. It like they have a moment to something I made, and that's that's nice. That is nice. That is beautiful, isn't it? It's it's um, it's really sustaining. When I mean, that's the whole point of really making music, isn't it? Is like the that that particular connection that you're talking about, where like you can see that something that's been created out of thin air has inspired a palpable reaction from somebody. Yeah, it's like on the other side of the world. Though, yeah, on the other side yeah. of the world. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's, you're so lucky when you have that uh, happening. Mm. Yeah. Do you write melodies um, first, Hannes? Are you kind of humming and stuff until the words come along or do you write lyrics? I don't like to write lyrics. And uh, usually it was more like uh, writing the song and then fuck, now there, now there has to be like some sort of vocals. Yeah. 
so like the early records you can hear it it's just like a uh, uh, yeah like a talk talking singing and yeah not, not really a bit more repetitive chanting exactly that kind of yeah because it was just like to have a layer on top so it sounded like someone was singing yeah, yeah. and then it has like developed through the through the years and uh, but it's always been like the last part but on this new record it's going to be just uh, like the I write the lyrics first. Ah, okay. Here we go. So you're gonna change. You're gonna change your scoop. change your yeah, I'm gonna uh, try, process. Try to change it exactly a little bit. Yeah, uh, that that that's that's cool. Let's see how it turns out. But uh, so, are you like carrying around a like a note notebook and shit like? <laughs> Well, yes, but I, I think it's too uh, obnoxious to take out and sit on the cafe. Yeah, <laughs> I get too self. I'm very self-aware and shy, so I don't. I don't yeah, like yeah. to do it. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be the artiste in the in the cafe sort of thing. No, no. like the Bohemian <laughs> type. I don't. It doesn't uh, resonate well with me. Mm. Like how I see myself. I, I used to really want to be the guy with like the notebook in the pocket, like who was always writing lyrics. But it's just not me. Um, no. Uh, yeah, but I think notes on the telephone is nice. Yeah, just like right, like when I'm with friends, someone says something, and like, oh, this sounds good. We write down the sentence. Yeah, mm. but usually, like the next day, you look at it, it's like oh, bullshit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not often it kind of it it sticks and it's good still twelve hours later. Yeah, do you use the voice memo um, app much to come up with stuff? No, no, no. But I, maybe I should try that yeah. as a new. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> well, I, look, I, I, maybe sometimes like I'll get it out and record something if I have an idea that just comes to me, but I, that doesn't happen very often. I'm more mm. like sit down and work on music and that's how ideas come. I don't like, I don't have these crazy ideas just out of absolutely nowhere. So you don't have an epiphany coming to you? No, just not, not when I'm like, well, I mean, look, everyone has that, I guess, who writes songs sometimes. You'll have a random song in your head or whatever, but yeah. Um, I know that like Kate, my partner, is always getting up at like, two in the morning she'll I just hear her sit up and get up and come through to this room that I'm in now and mm. um play like this little but, keyboard that we have and use her voice notes and capture like the idea in the middle of the night. She's a real she's a real singer. Yeah, yeah. She exactly. has a great voice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm I have to do like you like I have to sit with my headphones and the microphone and have like I made like a loop on with the, some sort of sound and then try to like develop the like a, a song, a vocal melody where I sing half out of tune and then you correct it and then I do it again. And so it like, it's kind of like building with Lego or something. Yeah. Mm. It's very unsexy way of describing how to make music actually. Well, I don't know. I, the one good thing about it is you're really relying on your voice and body to, um, yeah, emote right. Your it's not intuition this, too. Yeah, out it? of the intellect completely, which I really think is so like important. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes then it just also like that process just becomes tired as well because you end up leaning into the same thing. So it's it, I think it is nice to like swap up the process and try different things. And how do you swap up? Well, exactly what you're doing, going to lyrics first as opposed to ah, uh, okay, like that. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, um, Hannes, we we. We shouldn't keep you too much longer. It's been it's been it's been a lovely chat. Really fun. It's been so lovely. Thank you for having me. Man, total pleasure to have to have you yeah. on the pod. It's like honestly a total pleasure. I'm very glad you turned on your camera. Um I feel <laughs> like we're 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 I'm sorry I thought it was on. Yeah. It's been it was a beautiful moment. Thank you. I wish I had the cool background that you had. 
How do they make yeah. that? Uh, uh, it's uh, one of the settings. It's, it's not too hard. <laughs> okay. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Um, what am I doing? I'm uh, I'm gonna update my computer and make some invoices. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna go to uh, uh, this uh, museum here in Luxembourg called Mudan, and then I'm gonna see an exhibition. Oh, beautiful! By uh, my dearos. It's an artist I don't know, but. Uh, I have I have a guided tour there. Oh, I'm you're kidding! Be, I'm gonna be lecturing about it. Oh, great! Do you, do you nice. like looking at art? Sometimes. Uh, well, it depends what it is, no? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, now I'm so lucky. Like uh, the person I'm seeing and visiting, she works there, so she will give me a private tour. And then oh. I like like when sometimes you don't understand what you're looking what what your yeah. experience. But now I will have the the explanation. Yeah. That sounds nice. Nice. And will you perhaps get dinner or something like that after that? <laughs> I think it's some dinner, yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. And then maybe. a nice walk by the through the city, maybe. Maybe like maybe a glass of wine. Nice. Oh, delicious. That's that's the plan. You know, I had COVID since Friday, Harness. Well, I found out on Friday I had it. What? Yeah, but I'm I'm oh, fuck. but I'm better now already. I tested negative oh. this morning. Oh, that's good. Was it bad? Not really. I just felt hungover to be honest yeah we were out well listen i didn't have the big <coughs> nights you guys had on last weekend i went home early um okay we were out we had quite a big night on wednesday night out late okay we went to the ice age concert and then played some pool with them afterwards which was really fun and yeah. but it was really it's good it's really, really good. good it was big like uh i've seen them before but small rooms and that was like a nice big show sounded bad did you see them play at, at the um opera house Hannes? a little bit yeah i seen. i love them i've seen them many times but uh, i was mainly uh, concerned of seeing dx yeah and then the low life yeah mm. and then uh, i was busy chatting with friends and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah listen if you've seen them a million times yeah yeah and then your friends there's no obligation yeah really. <laughs> Anyway, it sounds a bit ignorant of me. No, <laughs> not at all, man. <laughs> I completely related. They're great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys. I was, you know, at the show on on uh, on Friday night. We're watching all the acts, and then Kate said that you guys watched her, and you guys are very attentive. It seems to whoever's mm. playing on the lineup. So, yeah, but I, I, I always want to see the, the two people you play with that you haven't played with before. Yeah, like, and hopefully it's good as well, so you can stand for the whole concert. But and Kate was great. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, she she loved playing. Yeah, she is very good. Did you go to the Varg show that night as well? <clears throat> I didn't go to the Varg show because that was the day I found out I had um, COVID. Ah. So I think I'd had it f- for a few days, but I found out. Yeah, I did a test, um, and yeah, so I couldn't go. Now, when you're saying it, I'm thinking maybe I had COVID as well because <laughs> I've been kind of tired for <laughs> since I got home. Yeah. But it mm. could also be jet lag. But uh, if you got COVID, maybe I got it as well. I mean, kind of. Yeah, it didn't feel that bad, and it actually, to be honest, like I had a um, a bit of a cough like throughout the week, and a little like, and quite a blocked nose. But no, like you didn't lose your taste or anything like. No, this. I, I did lose my taste actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't that bad. Like I had energy. Like I was. Yeah, you're I, okay. Yeah, I was still fucking running around doing shit. I couldn't believe it when I found out that I had it. I don't think uh, you could get it anymore. I thought it was uh, erased from that. Uh, it's supposed to be over. Yeah, it's supposed to be over. 
um, just going to ask you how your flight home was and because you would have been quite fucking exhausted on that flight, I would have thought. Yeah, but that was... Uh, so we had a, a bit of a night before leaving mm-hmm. and I actually slept the whole the whole first 13 hours more or less. Yeah. Which is the hardest <laughs> part, the one to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah that's the long bit. So, yeah, the flight home was easy, I think. And I think because I slept more like 80% of the whole travel, it, I kind of dealt with the... The jet lag on that way, so it mm. felt like it felt like the morning when I arrived in Copenhagen. Do you do you sleep like, like leaning forward onto your tray, or do you sleep back in the chair? Lean. Who sleeps like this? Jamie. Me, Jamie does. Uh, you do? Yeah, that's crazy. That's the it only is. way I can sleep on the plane. No, I sleep like on the corner, like. Oh yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, with a pillow yeah. between your head and the wall, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing the like the hugging the pillow. Oh, you got a big <laughs> huggy pillow? No, like this small one. It's, if you have it behind your neck, you kind of sit like this. Yeah. So I, I, this is better. The one it's they give like you. Cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you hug the one they give you. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like my panic pillow. I don't like flying, so. Oh, you don't like flying either? No, I hate it. I, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. I get stressed out. Yeah, right. But like quite badly? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Okay. We had like one time we were flying to Switzerland and like the motor exploded. So like Whoa. on the runway, it's like the whole flight like did like this oh my god like as we're taking off and then we're cruising over Copenhagen and the uh, pilot is like uh, you maybe noticed uh, a few bumps on the way as we went up uh, <laughs> nothing bad but we're gonna land again and as we land there's like fire trucks lining up oh my and, like, god and the woman next to me she was like she took out her like Jesus cross and started to pray and like that also like fuels me up in my anxiety. Oh my that's god, <laughs> dude! Well, that's a really horrible thing to yeah, have experienced. Yeah. Scary. I always, when I take off, sit there imagining the bang of an engine exploding. To be <laughs> honest, like you know, when you're speeding down the runway, I, I always am just like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. Yeah, same. But I, I, I got one. Uh, uh, there's a trick how to solve it. I got this a couple of years ago from. Uh, oh fuck! Uh, there was this uh, like. Chinese medicine guy, he's from America, but lives in Denmark. He is acupuncture. So he gave me like a needle that I put in my ear, like up here. Oh. And that like, it makes, it's uh, like, it calms you. Oh. And uh, like, the scare, like when you're scared of flying, it's because you're like too aware where you are. And so you're like always on the nerve, like on sitting on spikes kind of. Right. But. But this kind of, it suits it suits you and it's kind of like smoking a joint, I guess. Oh. So like, do you get nervous of like this when they change the gear of the engine and I like hate that small sound? It sounds yeah, like they take their this, foot off the accelerator. Exactly. Like oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. But this the needle kind of just makes you like I don't care. You kind of mm. you don't stress up over small things. It's very nice. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Acupuncture is amazing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, it's so I recommend everyone who has a scare of flying, they should try this. Yeah, okay, that's a really good tip. It looks like a plaster. It's super. You can't even see the needle. It's so small. Right, and you have it in for like two weeks. Oh wow, okay. It's so it looks like a plaster. You say is in like a little sticker that you put on. Yeah, yeah, and then like it loses. You can press it a little bit and it press some nerve. Yeah, and uh, makes you relaxed. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I kind of like going stone to the airport, but I don't think it's because it relaxes me. I think it's just because I enjoy the challenge of trying yeah, to check in. You're bored waiting for the Uber. <laughs> 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 it, sounds, it sounds like a struggle. And it yeah. makes a 45 minute Uber like 
in at five in the morning more fun as well. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> actually, sometimes I get quite. I get quite scared on the in the Uber actually. I'm sorry to say, but yeah. Well, Jesus, don't go stone in the Uber though. Yeah, mm. you're right. Um. Anyway, Hannes, we'll let you go. Thanks yeah. so much for coming on the podcast. Thank dude. you. It's, it's been a lovely. Thank you for it's me. been a lovely chat. Have a nice evening. We'll nice do. meeting you, Todd. Yeah, nice to meet you. See you, Hannes. Have a good afternoon. Chat, chat next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.